Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I wrote a wire. Here to talk UFC Shenzhen starting at 3 a.m. Eastern time, full of newcomers, full of volatility for us DraftKings players. We're going to talk about all that. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. Here with me, at least as always, is one of the co-host it is Chris Olson. Chris, how you doing? I am fantastic. I am actually, you know, I kind of oddly look forward to cards like this because I feel like there's there's a certain amount of value in the fact that look, we know we have a lot of newcomers. I think we were talking um below the, uh before the broadcast, I get something like nine newcomers on this slate. And um that means that a lot of people aren't going to do the required research to really uh, you know, get the jump on these fighters and what they're all about. We are here to do that for you. We can do that as Conchas DraftKings players, and that could really give us an edge. So with the move up in time, the show from Friday to Thursday night, we were recording live. Um, because of the early start, Joe was unable to join us. So shout out to Sun Tzu. I'm sure you guys will miss him. I think what we're all going to miss the most is him trying to pronounce some of these names. I think that's why he bailed personally. Um, but um, you know, follow him on Twitter, harass him on Twitter, tell him he should have been um, part of the show this week. But I'm he didn't want uh, he didn't want MMA KO to make another video about him comparing him to uh, Steve Rule. That was a no. fantastic. That movie. was my favorite thing, guys. If you haven't seen that, uh, go check that out. It's uh, Joe with all the pronunciations a couple cards back, and then uh, Steve, uh, Doctor Steve Rule from uh, Adult Swim, 
with all his mispronunciations. It's one of my favorite things. So check that out if you haven't seen it. So, but don't worry, the two of us are going to take you through this card from bottom to top, talking all things DraftKings. There's plenty, plenty to dissect here. Before we get started, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free. It's a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Mike, make sure you follow both both of us on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to this podcast. We record live on YouTube's on usually on Friday. Tonight is Thursday night. Rotowire is the feed. Also subscribe on on iTunes to Rotowire MMA. I think that's enough of the intro. Let's jump right into this dumpster fire. Face first. Here we go. Laura Procopio, 8400, taking on. Carol Hosa at 7,800. Uh, Procopio is actually is now a pick'em, so minus 110 apiece, so a little bit of odd value here on Hosa. That being said, I like Procopio here, but you're going to hear this a bunch in the ton with all these newcomers. It's not enough to get me really excited. Um, Hosa has been submitted a few times. Procopio is the um, the, the Shuto champion in brazil i believe has a takedown game i think her takedowns are going to be the difference nothing is really scary about hosa um i think procopio's got the higher ceiling in her career but man it's it's just it's a close fight but i think procopio more upside more grappling hosa okay everywhere but again two low-level fighters making their debut in china uh give me procopio um but again not a fight i want to have a crazy amount of either side of in DraftKings, either cash. Cash because they're volatile, and GPP because I don't know if anybody's got a huge ceiling here, but if either one of them had a ceiling, I would guess it would be Procopio. Uh, Chris, how about for you? Yeah, I, I basically agree. I think I think that uh, Procopio's ceiling is a little higher than you do. I, I just think that uh, you mentioned her takedown game, and I think that's a big part of it. But the other big part of it on the feed is that she's the only one in this matchup who has any kind of movement, who throws any kind of fakes or feints. Um, uh, their opponent just doesn't do that. She's very stationary. She's she's kind of a solid striker. She's not like she's not terrible in anything. She throws a decent jab. She can uh, evade and counter kind of effectively. But I think that um, the uh, Procopio is just going to be way too fast for her, in my opinion. The two of her three losses, or I think all it might have been all three. It's either all three or two of three have come by submission. Uh, we know Procopio has a submission game. She won, I believe, her last fight by a bottom arm bar. Of course, you don't want to rely on stuff like that, but I always like knowing that fighters have active guard games. Um, the issue been... with that, by the way, is if uh, the ones I saw of Procopio, it seemed like it, I think of at least two different... Um... Joe just popped up in chat. Joe, what? you got to explain why you're not here. It's It's got to be. I was joking with him before. It's got to be that he... Um... He's got some edge in this card he doesn't want to share. Oh, my I, goodness, I, I Joe. He's being greedy. Anyway, I, um, Procopio, uh, as somebody says in chat, um, does have a BJJ black belt. But what I was going to say is in MMA fights, she seems to always get them from the bottom when she gets taken down. I don't think Host is going to do that. I hope Procopio is more active getting this fight to the ground. Um, minus 110 apiece, though. Somebody just asked if everyone's on Procopio. I think most of MMA Twitter is, but the line – value guys are going to be on Hosa for minus 110 at 7,800. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Chris. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. And I, I would just add to that that uh, Hosa did hit a reactive takedown in her last fight, but her opponent w- was was very bad, literally just swinging punches from here 
And then eventually she just wised up and had to react and take down. So I don't know if, enough to know if that's a, a staple of her game, but I know she can do that um, if she wants to. And again, I just think the movement and and the, the fact that Procopio does have fakes and feints of her, in her game and the speed is going to be too much on the feet. So I like Procopio pretty much everywhere. And I think she's a pretty decent player for the takedown and uh, submission threat. By the way, I just saw Joe called Procopia Propecia. So you're making fun of my hair. <laughs> um, starting with the um, – just starting with the mispronunciation. Yo, I was going to say, do you see what you're denying the people of here? We could have had a great first one, and now you're not here. Well, well, I just well. want to see if I struggle through these names. I think I'm one for one so far. Pretty good. But let's move on to Dana Bakarel. Dana Bakarel, 8,500, taking on Haile Alatang at 7,700. Here's some odds value. Alatang is now a minus 120 favorite at 7,700. Baccarel, uh, plus 100 at the 8,500. Two bad fighters. I mean, well, I will say Baccarel, 6-1, has fought mostly nobodies coming out of Mongolia. Um, he does have a win, if I remember right. I don't have it up in front of me. But he does have a win over Kaikara France um, when they were very young in their career. Haile Alatang, on the other hand, Started off really poorly in his career, has bounced back. I think he's 8-1-ish in his last nine. Um, he's the hometown guy in China. I suspect that's why he's got some line value to him. I think Alatang will be a little faster, but I think Dana is, or Bacquerel is the one who's going to move, move forward, pressing the action in this fight. Um, one thing I did want to mention is, Unfortunately for GPPs, you can't ignore this fight. It's minus 165 to end inside the distance. Even with the, the reverse line value or the negative line value, I prefer Baccarel. I think he's more live to get a finish. I know he's in enemy territory. I, he's fought better competition. Even the one win against Kaikar France is better than anybody Alatang has beaten. But again, just like the first fight, not very confident. We'll get to some more confident plays later. Um, I have one that I'm not sure how confident everyone else is, so so we'll see on that. Um, but for this one, like it in GPPs, again, no thanks for cash, but I prefer Baccarel. Uh Chris? Yeah, I see, I actually liked a little bit of what I saw from Alatang on tape. He, he kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Sergio Pettis, the way he likes to slide back and yeah, counter. Move, move back and counter, and Baccarel yeah. going to push forward. And and uh, has has some power to go along with that. So I, so I liked that about him. I think that he's going to have opportunities to do that here. I think that uh, Batarel is um, a little bit sloppy coming forward. I think he's going to have his opportunities to get picked off. I will say he engages in a brawl a bit too much for my liking. And if he does that, Batarel can um, can equalize there. But I think that as you said, he's going to be faster, which I like. And I think he's. An accurate and more powerful and, and powerful enough counter striker, I should say, to get it done. So I actually like uh, Alatang, and I'm going to take him by uh, finish here. Yep, I have no problem with that. Like as much as I want to bust your traps, especially down a man with Joe here. That's just I know. There's a few of those fights where uh, okay, like it's it's hard to really have a super confident read. I'm interested. This is one where I have a funny feeling you are going to cause some trouble here. Uh -oh. Amir is Magulov, 9,000, taking on Tiago Moises at 7,200. Your smile tells me I might be right. Demir, Demir is Magulov is a minus 185 favorite. The comeback on Moises is plus 160. Look, is Magulov is, I think he is the real deal. He's just a pretty terrible DraftKings scorer. His two UFC wins, he has scored 62 and 84 points. 
Um, again, against not not great competition here, but Moises maybe a small step up, but um, he's won one in the UFC, one against Kerr Halabah. He's decently well rounded. The problem is so is Ismagulov, and Ismagulov I think is better everywhere. Moises. BJJ world champion, but he's got to get the fight to the ground and good luck taking Ismagulov down. Like Ismagulov will just, you know, ho-hum, do what he needs to to win the fight. Nothing crazy, nothing flashy. Um, I think Ismagulov wins a three-round decision here. Um, if Moises gets frustrated or fold, he doesn't get the fight to the ground, maybe he folds up for a finish, but at 9,000, I'm not sure how much Ismagulov I want, but I am pretty confident he wins the fight um, up in his price range. Chris? Well, your uh, your inclination was correct because I I am going with Moises here. I've liked Moises ever since I saw him on um, the the Brazilian Contender Series. I think he's a a, a very uh, capable boxer. He's very good defensively. He's quick. Uh, in addition to as you said, the BJJ World Champion. Now uh, that might be a weird thing to say. We know that he got uh, wrestled mugged, as we will say the clean way, with uh, by Darius in his first fight. But even after that, against Holaba, he showed much better takedown defense. So there's evidence that he's learning uh, about the things that he's he's not so good at. And as you hit on it with his Magulov, I mean, he just doesn't score on DraftKings. Everybody liked him in that Alex Gorgie's fight because he's a takedown artist, and it was correct. But even with all those takedowns and passes, he didn't even hit uh, the 10x. Yeah, so he went. Oh yeah, you're right. He went. He just he's not active. You're yeah, right. and, and so, takedowns. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean. And I think four passes too, something like that. But he just couldn't get it done. And um, in his last fight, he didn't even go for a takedown. I mean, unless I missed one, which I thought was very strange. And um, but he didn't need to. That's what I mean. Wherever he's winning the fight, he's like, okay, that's true. And, and that's a good point. But I, I think that what I like about Moy this year is that I think he's going to take the initiative. I think he's Magulov um, tends to be on the back foot a little bit too much. And I think he's pretty decent everywhere. I just feel like. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think that he can sort of take over the fight if his if his takedown defense holds up. If it doesn't, so then obviously you, there's a you problem. You think he's going to be okay on the feet against Ismagulov? Oh yeah, and I know. I, I think his stand up game is underrated. I really do. I think he, he's slick. I think he's good defensively. I think his, his boxing is a little meat and potatoes, but it's good enough to get it done. And I think he can mix all that up. Maybe that can lead to a takedown or two. But I think that. The fact that Ismagulov is probably going to be on the back foot all fight, and as you said, not doing much, not being as active. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, Moises can take this fight just by being the more active fighter. And I feel I, like I don't, gonna, I don't think he's going to be Ismagulov's going to be in the back foot. You don't? I, I don't think Moises is going to be a clean enough striker. I think Ismagulov will circle off, hit him with the jab. I just, I don't see Moises having having success. Well, I mean, I, 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 I think they are about even standing, and I just. I just don't agree. So okay, well, I mean, that, so that's going to be a point of contention. I think that Moises is is a bit, or maybe a fair bit, a better of a boxer than you do, and that I think will be the uh, the point of contention here. But that being the case, at least in my eyes, I'm going to take Moises to uh, get get a decision here and and maybe hit value, or maybe get the takedown game going. You know, we've we've never even we never seen anybody really try to take him the goal up down either. So that is sort of a question mark, but. Overall, I, I like Moises' game. Uh, Ismagulov doesn't do enough for me, so I'm going Moises. Yeah. Okay, agree or disagree on that one, and we will move on to Kadis Ibrahimov at 9,300, taking on Da Eun Jung at 6,900. Ibrahimov minus 250, comeback on Jung plus 210. 
Ibrahimov taking this fight on about, I think it's five days notice as a huge favorite. Uh, Combat Sambo champion, uh, Da Unjung. Uh, yeah, that's about, I mean, I know his name. Um, no, he's going to. He's going to look to trade, but again, I just I think his takedown defense is going to be good enough to keep Ibrahimov on this one. This fight, to me, comes down to... It really just comes down to Ibrahimov's gas tank. We've seen him gas before. He's taking this fight on short notice. It, I think if his gas tank doesn't hold up, Jung could get a late win. Otherwise, I think Ibrahimov rolls over him, going to look for takedowns, um, has good top control. 9,300 of this card is rough because how many underdogs do we really trust? The answer is not many, but you can mix him into your GPP lineups for the grappling upside. Um, so give me Ibrahimov here. I just I would be much more confident, and I'm still pretty confident he wins. I would be feel really a lot better if he was on a full training camp here, uh, Chris. Yeah, I um I'm actually I'm actually uh, fairly confident in uh, the big favorite here in Ibrahimov. Ibrahimov? I'm sorry, I'm pulling a Joe here. What was it? Ibra, yeah, Ibrahimov. Ibrahimov, there you go. Um, the well, tape that I saw, that. yeah, the tape that I saw on uh, Daun Jung was just so uninspiring to me. He's just sort of a slow, lumbering boxer. He, he tries to fight behind a jab, which is okay, but he doesn't even really do all that much. He tries to pressure, but even when he he gets guys in the corner, he goes for these really like low percentage jumping knees. He kind of reminds me of uh, Kennedy and. In, in, in Jichuku in that way. Um, I feel like I stuck the landing on that one, but uh, I, I'll let chat decide. You held it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that uh, his takedown defense will hold up at all. I saw in his, his last fight or maybe two fights back, guys wrestling from his knees, taking him down. He got right back up because obviously the guy wasn't a good wrestler. But if that kind of guy's hitting takedowns, um, a guy who actually knows how to wrestle is going to get takedowns whenever he wants. Uh, the gas tank issue is a valid concern, but I just don't feel like Un does anything really to to threaten Ibrahimov, and I think that it's going to be – I think this is going to be a wash, really. I am uh, – I'm all in on the big favorite here. It might be tough to trust, and maybe because of that, people will shy away from him. But, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sticking with him all the way. I'm going to let you lead off this, this, this next fight for – actually, you know, I've gone first a few of them, but – the next one, especially. So we have oh Andre, boy! Okay. Andre, Andre Sukum Todd, eighty-six-hundred. He's a minus-one-sixty favorite, taking on Sue Mudarji. He is seventy-six-hundred, and the odds on him currently are plus one forty. Chris, who do you have winning this fight? Well, I'm actually disappointed because I thought you meant you were going to let me introduce it. So now I'm. Oh, no, 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 no! <laughs> I meant you're going to you're going to lead off the. Uh, okay, fair enough. I um. I actually think this is a pretty nice matchup for Sumadarji here. You I, wrong. Here we go. Here okay. we go. Well, you know, before, Sumadarji. Before you give your incorrect opinion, let me explain why. Are you then, kidding me? And then I'm so glad you're going first. Go I will. Okay. Well, let me explain why. It's because Sumadarji is a pressuring one-shot, uh, hard-hitting kickboxer, and uh, Sukumta is a back-foot counter-striker, and he's going to give Sumadarji all the time he needs to get his game working and it's going to be the exact kind of fight Sumadarji wants. Sumadarji is actually and this is something I picked up watching tape for him before his last fight against uh, uh, Louis Smoka. He is actually a decent defensive wrestler if you remember in that fight. He stuffed maybe the first four or five takedowns of 
uh, Luis Moga before the relentlessness just got to him. We know that um, Sukumta can wrestle. We've seen it before. Maybe he should have wrestled more in some context than he did, but he does have a wrestling game he can use. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as relentless as a person uh, like Smoka is. That's basically his. In, well, not well. Now it is the Lewis Smoka 2.0. Before it was just a, a grappling game without much wrestling. And in that fight, it was wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. But be that as it may, I really think uh, Suma, Sumadarji is going to use his pressuring style. And I think that uh, Sukumtai is just not active enough to over, to take over this fight. And I, I see Sumadarji hitting him with something hard. And really just sort of keeping him on the ropes and keeping his back to the fence. Maybe a three-round uh, three decision, like a unanimous decision type. But also maybe he can hit him hard and, and change the course of the fight and get him out of there. But I am going to let you take it away now since I've given you a chance to catch your breath. But my pick is uh, Sumadarji. I will say that someone says Sukumta, they mentioned his fight IQ. Obviously, as no, as no fight IQ. We can all agree on that. But he's better than Sumudarji. Sumudarji, first of all, has no ground game. I'm sorry, he doesn't. He stopped a couple takedowns. That's Smoke is not a great wrestler. He's just relentless like that. Sukumta. Yeah, but Sukumta is not relentless. Sukumta is a better technical wrestler than those guys. I think he's underrated. Took down Jonathan Martinez three times. Took down Sean O'Malley four times. Got a reactive takedown on Montel Jackson, who's no joke. And then on the feet, Sumudarji is not that good on the feet. And he is going to throw something looping. And Andre Sukumta, who's an underrated kickboxer, yeah, he throws some straight punches. I don't know about that. Knock him the hell out. I think Andre Sukumta is risky to 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 rely on a finish here from 135er. But Sukumta has it has it there. I think it's a matchup to get him back on track. You know, he's two and four in the UFC, but he's been in there. He's losing to Montel Jackson, Sean O'Malley, tough fights. Um, knocked out Luke Sanders. Everybody was picking against him and Jonathan Martinez, but I might even take him, Jonathan Martinez, and he put on an absolute clinic there. A couple knockdowns. Big power. I just think Sumudarji is going to get touched up by a counter a couple times. And that I I, 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 I want to say, too, that that Martinez fight, that was a Sukumta who was coming forward, and we don't see that all that often. You can't count on that. Well, he is, he is, at, um, he is at ATT now. Better training. Look, I just think Sukumta is a more polished striker, and Sumudarji obviously is not going to take the fight to the ground. That's not his game on the feet. I think Sukumta is better. I am very confident in Sukumta, and I'm wondering if he's as a 135er, he could go under own in GPP. So, um, well, now I know who's going under own in GPP. So, show me the money, boys. We we will see, but yeah, no thanks for me for Sumudarji. Moving on, we have Anthony Fluffy Hernandez at 8800 taking on. Jun Young Park at 7,400. Fluffy Hernandez, minus 150. Comeback on Park is plus 130. This is a GPP fight for sure. Two big guys. Park has been at, heavy, at heavyweight as well as light heavyweight. Uh, Anthony Hernandez made his UFC debut last time out and was hurt on the feet and submitted by Marcus Perez. Coming off the, the – God, one of the shows. I think it was Contender Series. Um, he got He got fed a can. Look, I think Hernandez is better, but he's still really green, but so is Park. So here's the issues. I think I think Park has a little more power, but I think Hernandez is the better athlete and just the better well more well-rounded fighter, but he's green and he's also more expensive. So Eileen Hernandez, I think this fight will finish, but Park is definitely one of the live underdogs on this card. Uh Chris. 
Yeah, Park was doing something really interesting in his last fight. Uh, he he just he tended to work behind a stiff jab, and then when his opponent would would try to counter, he would slip back and counter the counter. I think something like that could work here because Anthony Hernandez likes to bull rush into the uh, pocket with strikes. Um, that's pretty much his entire striking game. He's very aggressive. He's he's not that great of a striker, but he is very aggressive and he is very powerful. Um, his problem with Marcus Perez is he kept getting caught up in the clinch. Marcus Perez is the, is the better grappler, and that's how that went. Uh, Park doesn't have a, a much of a grappling game that I've seen, so he w- might not have to worry about that. But I think keeping him at length with the jab and then finding that counter when Hernandez tries to bum rush in could be an effective strategy here. Now, what I also think could happen, because we've seen Park get hit before, is Hernandez could just bum rush in and tag him and get him out of there quick. So I do think it's kind of binary in that respect. Either Park's game plan will work or Hernandez will get him out of there um, with just his relentless pressure and his power. I agree with you that Park is live, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like Hernandez, that kind of style will will prevail here. I don't see uh, Park executing it faithfully for a, a whole fight. Maybe if he catches him clean on one of the counters and knocks him out, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But um, we also have to remember that Hernandez has a wrestling game, so he can put that to work too. I just, I just feel like it's, it's going to be too much for Park in his uh, UFC debut, and so I'm taking Hernandez. Right, moving on, we have Keenan Song at 8200 taking on Derek Krantz at 8000. Song minus 105. Krantz, the line is flipped on this one to minus 115. It is the mid-range fight. Um, Kenan Song, 2-1 and one in the UFC, but beating up some cans. Derek Krantz, his first time ever fighting out of the United States. Long trip in his UFC debut. He got to take on Vicente Luque. Had some early success in that fight uh, before getting finished late in the first round. I was going to kick it to you, but I've already done uh, the intro. So for this one, this is one I've been going back and forth on. I don't think Keenan Song's wins are against a depleted Bobby Nash and Hector Aldana. Derek Krantz, former LFA champion, I think he's the better fighter. The problem is he's been finished a bunch. He could absolutely walk on to, to Keenan Song, who has some power, and get finished. That's total possibility. But it, asking me skill for skill over three, over three rounds, I think Krantz is more well-rounded. I think he'll have a success pushing forward in this fight. Um... You know, we saw a song, if I remember right, I think I think Hector Aldana had a little bit of success in their fight. Um, and Alex Morono last time out just absolutely demolished Keenan Song. And Morono's a good fighter, but Derek Krantz isn't that far behind. So give me Derek Krantz in a close fight, keeping in mind that I do think Song's best pass to victory here is a knockout. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. I think, look, to the extent that uh, Song Keenan has had success in the UFC – it's basically been by one-shot power uh, counter uh, finishes. The, the one with Bobby Nash that happened at the beginning of the fight. I thought he was losing that Hector Aldana fight before uh, before that finish came. And then he just kind of got pummeled by Alex Morono. Maybe in the same way that Krantz could finish him here, which is Kanan um, uh, just, just kept trying to come forward. And and uh, Morono would just loop these counters around the guard and get through. I think Krantz can do some of that. I think, uh, like, he can come forward, but I think he's more comfortable on the back foot, at least from what I've seen in general. And I also think he's pretty good defensively. Um, he's a pretty good defensive fighter. He, he has this thing that he does 
which is why where he caught Luke, where he tends to leap into shots to cover distance. That could be a little bit of an issue against the uh, counterpuncher like Song. But the thing about Song also is when he doesn't, he's a counterpuncher, but he doesn't really do well with blitzes. We saw uh, Hector Aldana blitz him many times in that fight, and that's not when that counter came. The counter came when they were standing in open space and he hit him with a shot. So I think though the blitzes could work to sort of back him up and, and get him off his game. And I think the counter game, similar to what something like Morono uh, did to him in their last fight, could work too. So, uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going with Krantz here. I just – I haven't seen enough from Song Kanan. I think that, you know, he's a, he's a good – he's good when he can play on the counter. He's got some power. But I think that um, his um, tenure in the UFC has kind of been overrated by some some highlight knockouts. And I think – I agree with you that I think Krantz is a better fighter, and I think he takes it here. Next up, Mizuki Inoue, 8,300, taking on Yanan Wu at 7,900. Inoue, minus 150 favorite. Um, Yanan Wu, plus 130 on the comeback. Inoue fighting up a weight class, has been invicta for a long time, um, has been a key keeper to the UFC, uh, really. Um, so the losses on her record are kind of high profile. These fighters whose names you would recognize, Yanan Wu, last time out, pulled off a huge one of the the biggest upsets we've seen in a while um, when she submitted uh, Laura Mueller did lose to Gina Mizani. So in a way is going to look to grapple. I think she's the better grappler. The issue is here is Yana Wu is so much bigger. Like, and on the field, I think Wu's probably just going to out muscle her. Um, yeah. In a way, I think has a technical advantage on the ground, but I don't think she can get it there. And on the feet, I think Yana Wu uses her length to reach her strength to clinch dirty box a little just win rounds that way as as in a way is looking for takedown so give me yanan Wu. i'll take the underdog here at 7900 uh chris so i think i agree but for a slightly different reason i actually think that be, well because um i agree with you that Inoue is um the better grappler but because of that she gives up takedowns uh like it's her job and i do think that you and on in those clinch situations will look to get takedowns now uh anyway can get something done off her back and maybe get a sub that way. But again, as I said, you don't want to like rely on that. I just, I just feel like, as you said, she does have the length. She is bigger. So on the feet, um, she can maybe slide back and hit those counters as um, anyway, tries to employ a, the, a more classical boxing style that she has. But I really think that, um, as you said, that the strength advantage in the clinch, I really think that Inan is going to, is going to try to win this fight by wrestling. I think that, um, you know, that that's where it gets a little dicey with, um, you know, anyway, is the better grappler, but I think she's going to get a lot of takedowns and I think it's going to be up to her what she does with them. That's going to decide this fight. So I think because of that, uh, Unan can actually be a pretty sneaky play and uh, I'm going with her. All right, moving on. We have Movsar Evolev, 9,500, taking on Zhen Hong Lu at 6,700. Biggest favorite on the card is Evolev. He is the prospect that a lot of people have been talking about taking on a short notice replacement. He is minus 950. The comeback on Lewis plus plus 625. We're coming off a week where the biggest favorite on the card just burned everyone as a comma worthy pulls off a huge upset. Do you think that Zhen Hong Lu can do that here in this one, Chris? I don't. Um, uh, Zhen Hong Lu is, is like a an extreme counterfighter, uh, which I don't like. Spends a lot of time on the back foot. And um, he likes to sort of get uh, his opponents into grappling situations. 
and use body lock takedowns. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of joy there uh, with a guy like Avalev. I mean, he's he's a strong guy. He seems to be pretty powerful, but um, I I just I just I just don't see him him doing much. Hey, can he land a counter? Sure, but I think Avalev's going to be the more active fighter. I think he's going to hit takedowns whenever he wants, and I'm pretty confident in him, in him here. I didn't see. Uh, much uh, on uh, you tape that would make me think otherwise. So the pick here is Evelyn. Well, in, in your tape, you know what you should have saw, right? Yeah, the, you, uh, they fought before. Yes, they've yeah. already fought before. Ibloev won. He's going to win again. Look, he's going to look to grapple. The issue is, is he's ninety five hundred. He can get a ton of takedowns. Tends to sit in top control. Doesn't get a ton of advances. Um, only scored eighty three points against uh, Choi in his UFC debut. Look, he's safe, but I don't know how much he's going to score. And honestly, ninety five hundred—that's a lot. Even in—I mean—in cash, it's hard not not to take the free win if you can make a lineup fit. But I'm not—I'm not jumping to play him. Is the point? Even as a grappling-based fighter, who's a huge favorite, it's just the context of the card. He's definitely in play, but I'm not—you know—over the moon to pay ninety five hundred for anybody on this card. But I do think Ivalov wins comfortably through his grappling. Moving on, Kaikara France, 9,100, taking on Mark De La Rosa at 7,100. They are at flyweight. Kaikara France, minus 225. Mark De La Rosa, plus 185. Uh, France, close split decision win last time out against Julian Paiva. A lot of people thought he lost that fight. Um, 2-1-0 in the UFC, with formerly on uh, tough. Look, he's going to be the better striker here for sure. Um, Mark De La Rosa, had, when he has success, it's because he's able to use his grappling bigger and just kind of just just overpower people, really. Um, and he could do that here. He couldn't do that against in his last fight. He fought up at bantamweight uh, because of the situation of flyweight. Uh, Alejandro Perez just wasn't going to do anything with that guy. What's more concerning is a split decision win over Joby Sanchez, who I don't think very highly of. If De La Rosa can't get this fight to the ground while he's an okay boxer, Kaikara France and the kickboxing in Muay Thai is, is going to light him up. I think De La Rosa needs to close the distance, get this fight to the ground. I'm just not sure he can do it. I think he's live at his price at 7100 for sure. But the more I think about it, the more I just see Kaikara France able to circle off, stay away, uh, use his striking, and wear down Mark De La Rosa as the fight goes on. It's not, not often you see a 125 or dominate with grappling. Henry Cejudo, Wilson Hayes, those guys are exceptions. I don't think Mark De La Rosa is on that level. His BJJ is good. I still question his wrestling a little bit anyway. So I'm going to say this fight stays on the feet and give me Kai Carr France winning a decision. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I, I guess I agree. I mean, I do I, I do think the fight is closer than maybe uh, a lot of people do. Uh, one thing I will say is De La Rosa kind of impressed me in the fight against Perez, which might be a weird thing to say in a fight where a guy scores 13 points. But I think, I think what Mark De La Rosa showed me is that He's quick and he's hard to hit. Um, even when you even when you back him up, even when you have him cornered, he's good at rolling with shots. He's good at circling off. And uh, in that third round, he had a lot, he had a lot of success against Perez, um, going back to his jab and uh, to the leg kicks. I think that um, look, Kaikara France, as you mentioned, everything. I do think he's the better striker here. But let's not forget, as you said, he was you know that was a dog fight with Paiva, and he got absolutely cracked uh, in that first round in the fight against Garcia. Um, I think that De La Rosa could potentially do the same thing here on, on the counter, uh, which is where Garcia got him. And as you said, uh, I think the wrestling is live too, and I think he's the better jujitsu guy. So I um, 
I don't know. I think this is a close fight. I'm not entirely sold on Kai Kara France. I'm going to go with him here just because he's more aggressive. And I like, um, I think he's got more tools. I like his body work. I like that he throws in combination uh, more than a guy like De La Rosa does. But I do think De La Rosa has avenues here. And uh, that includes the feet as well. So should be a good fight. I will take a slight uh, lean for Kara France. All right, here we go. Now, now we're up to the violence on this card. We're hopefully I'll be waking up to watch um, the last few fights here. Uh, and this one, I, I'm going to try my damnedest to be in front of a screen for this one. Elizayu Zaleski Dos Santos. I'm just going to call Zaleski from here on out. He's 9,200, taking on Jinglian Li at 7,000. Zaleski minus 275. The comeback on the leech. Jinglian is plus 235. Zaleski is somehow still underrated. Ran through Curtis Millinder last time out, as we expected. He's got wins over Sean Strickland, Max Griffin. He's on a let me, let me count up the wins here. I know it's on a, quite a bit of a win streak. Four, five, six, seven fight win streak. I think about to be eight, defeating Lee in China. Uh, like he has a little bit of, of a grappling game. We saw it against Millender, who admittedly has no grappling game, but Lee can be hurt. We've seen him rock before. We've seen Jake Matthews dominate him. Zaleski, I think, is a top 10 guy. I think he needs to get a real opponent here soon because love the skills, love the you know, flashy capoeira kicks, but he's got good fundamentals behind it. Presses forward, um, lands it. I bring this up every time he fights, but I was at the fight in Long Island where he fought Lyman Good and landed the sickest knee to the head I've ever heard in my life, bouncing off Lyman Good's head. And Lyman Good ate it, which God bless him, but that was, to this, to this day, I can hear that still. So um, hits hard, tons of power, very dynamic. And I think Lee is on the decline here. I like um, Zaleski quite a bit in this matchup. Chris, you taking the hometown underdog with power? Well, no, no, I'm not. And I, I kind of actually think you oversold it a little bit when you said we've seen uh, Lee Jingyong get, get rocked before. I would argue that he gets rocked in most of the fights that he fights yeah, in or win or lose, um, including guys like Bobby Nash, like uh, – um. Oh, who was after that? Was it the Was it uh, the Aiche Abe, or is that somebody else? I think that's somebody else. For for Lee, for, for the leech. No, it was it was Abe. It was Abe. Okay, yeah. So even he rocked him. I think that was round one. So look, you can't and we can't forget that Zawada. I mean, that was almost looking like a 10-8 first round. Uh, credit to credit to Li Jingwang for turning that fight around, which I think has had a little bit to do with Zawada gassing, but still. Yeah, uh, kind of some adjustments by the leech as well. I mean, I think you're right. I, I just think uh, Zaleski is, is the way better fighter. The movement is going to be key here. And the fact that Li Jingyong won't just be able to um, sit in the pocket and throw. He'll be against a faster fighter who I think can tag him up. Obviously, he's got power. Obviously, he can land. But I think that uh, Zaleski Dos Santos is just going to pick him apart until he finds the kill shot. And uh, as we saw in the last fight, He's got wrestling he can go to as well. I mean, so does Li Jinglong, I guess, a little bit. We've seen him hit trips before and things, but I would expect uh, Dos Santos to go for a takedown before Li Jinglong here would be my read. So um, recognize the dangers, I would say. Recognize that Li Jinglong is live, but my pick has to be heavily on uh, Elijah Dos Santos. All right. Now we're up to the main event, Jessica Andraj. 8,700 defending her UFC strawweight title, taking on the hometown kid, Wei, Wei Li Zhang at 7,500. Although I say kid, uh, Jessica Andrade is younger. 
um, which we just know her more. Uh, Andrade minus 185. Come back on Zhang plus 160. Chris, why don't you take the lead for this one? Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that uh, Wee Li Zhang is, is live here, that she's going to pull the upset. I understand where that's coming from. Um, she's big and powerful. Of psychosis. <laughs> well, no, I mean, at, at first blush, I mean, she's big and powerful like Andrade, but she's a, she's a more fluid striker than Andrade. So I understand the thinking of, well, okay, maybe she can pull it off, but I, I just don't see it. I think that um, the thing about Wee Li Zhang is she's got that um, she's got a little bit of kickboxing, but um, she can throw she can throw a low kick, she can throw a jab. But that's not what she wants to do. And most of her stand-up uh, tends to be uh, like spinning back kicks and these these moves that aren't really – don't really seem like something a comfortable striker would do. Uh, what she wants to do is is get the fight to the ground and grapple. Um, we see her just try to muscle take takedowns and, I mean, like head and arm throw muscle. I mean, Andrade can muscle some takedowns too. But she has some better form. She does double legs. She can do single legs. She did a head outside single for the finish on uh, on Rose in the last fight. And and the pressure, the the, the intense pressure that um, that just doesn't stop. I just feel like it's going to be too much. It's going to be something that Willie Zhang has never dealt with before on this level. And um, we've seen. I'm, I mean, I'm sure she hits hard, Zhang. She's big for this weight class. But we've seen. Uh, Jessica Andrade walked through a storm before. I don't really see the power being an issue. I think she's going. I think there's going to be a Jessica Andrade fight. Uh, it could be moments for we we Jilang, but um, ultimately she's going to get overwhelmed, as do all. Well, in, uh, m most of I should say, if your name isn't uh, you know Yuani and Jacek, but she's going to get overwhelmed if, in the in rounds two uh, forward. And I think that's going to be the end of the fight. And I expect another walkover for uh, for for Andrade here. Interestingly enough, I was looking at her scores. She only has one uh, win in her last ten fights that didn't score a hundred points, and that was ninety four. So she's always going to bring uh, the point totals, and um, she's just a great play. And I think she wins this fight too. So uh, I, I see I see some. Uh, I see that in the chat too. Somebody's saying Zhang for the upset. I will be curious for that as well. Um, I guess that could be this person's hot take if they would like. But I and I think it sounds like Sean too is going for uh, is going for uh, Andrade. And the answer you just gave is he can match Andrade's physicality. Um, yeah, she's big. She can't keep up with the um, pressure. The the pressure and pace of Andrade is going to get to to Wei Li Zhang. It just is. Look, this is too much too soon for Wiley Zhang. I get she is a good prospect. Her wins are Tisha Torres last time out, a clearly declining Tisha Torres, by the way, for what it's worth, but a good win. But Torres declining. Jessica Aguilar, who's a million years old, and Danielle Taylor, who's bagging groceries somewhere. Like... Those, those, that's her entire UFC career. And it, and it needs to be said, we've seen her get absolutely cracked by both uh, Torres and, and Danielle Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Taylor hit her hard a few times. We've seen Wei Li Shang rocked. Now, look at Andrade, who aside from being the champ, beat Rose Namajunas. Changed the life of Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Also beat Tisha Torres for what it's worth, taking her down 10 times. 
left Cardi Gadelia a bloody freaking mess. You know, showed her toughness against um, Yeun Jajic, who Weili Zhang doesn't have that kind of um, offensive or even defensive prowess to be able to, you know, use her strike in a circle off counter and keep Andrade coming forward the whole way and just, you know, playing Matador for five rounds. I don't see Weili Zhang doing it. That's the way to beat Andrade. I just, you know, um, Namayuna started off that way, but couldn't do it. Pressure got to her, got, got, got slammed on her head. Now, I think everyone's, I've heard some people say that was a fluke. Look, it wasn't. That fight keeps going. Andrade is going to keep pouring the uh, pressure on. It's going to get to Namayunas. And Namayunas is going to land the knockout shot in either this, the end of the second round or the start of the third, maybe, or Andrade was taking over that fight, in my opinion. Going to be too much pressure, too much here. Andrade moving forward, I think, with the hype of Weili Zhang. Um, got this line lower than what it should be. I think there's value here. 8700 is a good price for Andrade. Somebody who in her UFC wins, 104, 119, 155, 136, 106, 119, 129. Those are ridiculous scores. And some of those... You know, not one of those have seen championship rounds. You know, her one championship round uh, was a loss to Jayon uh, Jajic, where she scored 55 points anyway in the loss. So, Andraj, great, great for DraftKings. Love the pressure here. Um, I think it's going to be too much too soon for Wei Li Zhang. I think she's getting a little overhyped here. So, Andraj is my pick and play. Yeah, I agree. I just want to say one thing, because that's that's a common narrative. We, we have some time here. We're, we're pretty... Uh... Uh, that a common narrative is Ro- Rose was doing fantastic in that fight, and if if it happened again, Rose would obviously beat her. She had a, she had a great first round. Andrade was getting to her in that second round with the light kicks. Uh, she was landing more hooks in that round. She was slowing her down. Uh, the, I think, and I thought this at the time, scouts on her. I thought that fight was turning before that slam happened, um, and I think that look. As Sean alluded to, that's just that's how uh, Jessica Andrade fights. I think I I said this on Twitter at the time. Like if if you're surprised by that, then I think it's it's sort of a misunderstanding of how Andrade wins her fights. If you, even if you go back to something like the Claudia Gadelia fight, where she had a really bad first round, hung in there, and then dominated rounds two and three. I mean, this is this is how she wins fights. Not all the time, of course. Sometimes it's just I guess a brutal knockout, as it was in Kovacavich, but. This is how she wins fights. She's comfortable fighting this way. And as I said, even if Zhang has some early success, I, I, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable um, heading into later rounds and certainly not championship rounds with Andrade. So just reading reading to chat here, I've, I've been in chat. Um, fights in China, so I don't know if pressure will make her wilt so easily. That's after the first round. I don't think it has anything to do with it, really, if there are nerves. Honestly, I think it actually, we've seen fighters main eventing in their hometown. It hurt where, where they, they fold up. I'm not saying Zhang's going to do that. I'm just saying it's worth it. Um, our, our guy Mo Scream says, who made Andrade look normal? JJ did with her volume, five and a half strikes a minute, and Andrade absorbs that much. My immediate response was, yeah, she struck at that pace against Danielle Taylor and Jessica Aguilar. Good luck doing that to Andrade, who's in your face the whole time. Yes, she's going to land some, but those they weren't going to close the distance and grab her. Jag was trying, but Andrade is just better. So, like... Um, some people saying, you know, Rose looked good until the knockout. I agree she did. I just think that fight was going to wear on her. But that that's the game plan you have to have. What Game Jacek did, what Nami Yunus did for a round. I just don't think Wei Li Zhang is going to be the one who's going to implement it. So 
uh, everybody who's active in chat, thank you. And queue up a viewer hot take. So um, while we give ours, Chris, what is your hot take for UFC Shen Zhang? Well, as I've said, I, I, I generally don't have my hot takes on hand beforehand. I, I, I tend to wait to see uh, re if I get reactions based on my picks, and that's how I pick my hot takes. And I got at least one big reaction uh, this week. So my hot take will be uh, Sumo Darji by Stoppage. Oh, you know what? I, I just, you're out of your mind, by the way. That's what do you want to bet on that? Nothing. I just I want it to be my hot take. That's what I want it oh, to be. Oh God! Um, by the way, Joe isn't with us because he's in the NASCAR final. Which oh, okay. I was in that Fair last enough. year. Joe, I took fifth, so that's where the bar is for you. Fifth place is the bar. Um, I have a story about that for later, but I won't I won't bore MMA fans with that. Uh, so good luck to Joe. I do I do hope um, I do hope that you win. I'm just reading Chad some more. Um, the guy, the big one, uh, Geronimo. Um, we've agreed to disagree. He says he'll tell me so if I'm right. If he's right, fine with me. I have thick skin. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong. Yeah, again, that, that's um. I need to say that that's um. Look, we're on Twitter. We're always there. We don't shy away. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, he's he's being fine. Let's let's not um, let's not encourage the uh, the the trolling. Not saying. Oh no, within reason, let's, guys. Let's within not, reason. Let's not encourage that. Okay. I'm just you know, and, and that's that is the way to play. Um, get a couple extra minutes. That's the, a big big advice to give to any new DFS player, somebody looking to get better. Have an opinion. Don't hedge too much on it. Like, don't people want to oversplit? I disagree with that. Yeah. The weeks you're right, be right big, win big. When you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, but have some conviction in what you're doing. I'm here to give my analysis of what, what I think, try and be entertaining. Hopefully, we do that. And I like to think more times than not, I'm right. But there are days we're going to eat shit. It's just going to happen. Yeah, it's like my conviction with Sumar, Sumadarji, and, and Sean's going to be wrong on this one, and he's just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm not, because I, I have some 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 ducats wager, wagered on Andre Sukumtas, so uh -huh. we will see. Um, my hot take for this card, though, is I, I have one in mind, guys, in chat. I still need a hot take from you guys. So Yeah, somebody throw one up. Um, we are going to say, I don't even know if it's a hot take at this point. No, I can't say that. Let's go with Derek Krantz wins by finish. Ah, uh, no? okay. Not a hot take. All well, right. just because I mean, they're it's a pretty much a pick 'em fight, so. All right. All right. I gotta go crazy here. Go how about crazy. how about what how about a hot hot take is is you staying is you watching the car the whole way through? No, 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 no. How about this? Both of the the big line value plays on this card, so the ones we talked about really early. Yeah. Um, the reverse line value wins. Both the line value plays are going to bust. So, highly uh, highly Avatang and Carol Hosa both bust for the oh. line value plays. Okay, that will be half bad for me. But. And those 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 fights are so volatile. Who knows if I'm going to? Yeah, play really. Those. But. The, the line value is there. They're going to be played in cash just for that reason. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm joining your show after I win this one is the hot take. Yeah, good luck <laughs> with that. Get in line. Um, 
Oh, I saw it. I said, Tom Green, I did not shoot down your optimal. I just didn't see it. So Tom Green says the first two dogs will be on the optimal. What do you mean by – hopefully you can respond. Do you mean first two um, – Like sequential order? Yeah, you mean early in the night? Those – the complete opposite of what I said, which is fine. The highly Alatang and, and um, Hosha, hopefully um, – Hopefully that's that's what he meant. I'm not sure okay, if you want a bit of a do, delay. I will give another one to John Tiller just because this one would hurt me badly. Sukum Todd DQ from an illegal me. Everybody everybody wants to pick on pick on the guy's uh, yeah. smarts there. He's come on. Just stand up. Stand up and you beat your I mind. know, but I know. But look, Tom he's Green, tired. He, he's trying to do every you know, give the guy Don Green says both the line value plays end up on the optimal. I'm fighting the viewers this week. It's just I know the product of this card. There's just I know every, every every everybody's upset with this card one way or another. It's it's crazy. But if you are watching it, I hope you enjoy it. If you are gonna try and stay away stay away from your devices, good luck with that. My plan is to wake up in time for the tail end of the main card. Hopefully, my daughter sleeps in a little bit, and we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, other than that, Chris, you got anything to add before I do our our outro here? Uh, no, the only thing I would add is, um, hey guys, just, you know, bear, bear with us through this one. And, uh, we got, uh, what, 242 coming up. Yeah, 242 next week. We're going to crush this one. We're going to crush next week. Make sure you are subscribed to the show. We record generally Friday nights, live stream on YouTube. Make sure you check that out. Hit the little bell on the Rotowire YouTube page so you get alerted when we go live. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes if that's that's your way of listening to podcasts under Rotowire MMA. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at the DF Sniper. Chris is at Real Chris Olson. Make sure you also go to Rotowire.com/free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. That's it for this episode, guys. Here's to an Andre Sukumta giant flying knee legal <laughs> knockout. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week for 242. Thanks, guys. Later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.